poverty excuse me poverty rate is typically thirty percent or more our church has been involved through prayer for our teams and the people of Appalachia through our presence as we send teams to Appalachia by our gifts through donated money that we give to ASP and by our service in Appalachia through all of this we witness our faith as I prepared for this presentation I realized that ASP, a regional charity that addresses substandard housing in Appalachia, and Rise Against Hunger, formerly known as Stop Hunger Now, an international organization that feeds the poor, has a common thread. I don't know if any of you know what that common thread might be. The commonality is that they were both founded by United Methodist ministers. This is love in action, and it is what has kept me at this church for the past 25 years. If we did not have such a robust outreach program that serves people with need, I doubt I would still be at this church today. I, I know I wouldn't be standing in front of you. I, wa I want to share a quote from Mother Teresa. She stated, prayer in action is love. Love in action is service. So his name is Jake, a slightly built man, somewhere between his mid-40s and late 50s. It's hard to accurately guess the age of people who have lived a hard life, and that's the case for Jake. I don't know much of his story. He really wasn't around when we were working on his home. The snippets I learned were from the ASP staff. They mentioned substance abuse and homelessness. I met him Sunday night on our home visit. He was nice and polite. He had a dog named Meathead. He treated that dog well, and for me, that made him a good per person in my book. Jake lived in a trailer that measured 10 feet wide by 32 foot long, 320 square feet. It had been a mobile home once. Then, it was converted to a storage shed. It became Jake's home despite the fact that he had no working plumbing and no electricity. Time and weather had resulted in some rotting of the walls, the floors, general structural support. The roof leaked, and yet this was his home. His outhouse was up a steep hill behind the trailer. The hill was so steep that he had a rope to help pull himself up when the ground was slick from bad weather. His water, his water came from a creek about 30 yards in front of his house. It did sound beautiful, but I, sound, I doubt the water was safe to drink. I'm not sure how he did his laundry, and I'm not sure what it cost for him to have safe drinking water. He did have electricity that ran from an electric pole about 50 yards away via an extension cord. I'm pretty sure the electricity was pirated, but I never asked. I wondered what it would take to, pro to provide him with some electric service. And then I realized that even if he had electric service, he wouldn't be able to afford his monthly electric bill. Every morning he was there with a friendly greeting and appreciation for the work that was being done. I never heard any complaining from him, just thanks, as he left in the morning to spend time with family who lived just down the road. You never know where God is going to take you on a project 
when you start working to help your neighbors. Sometimes the work we initiate helps one person or one family, and that is good and meaningful and blessed by God. Sometimes the effort to help one individual evolves into a project that helps several, and then it either ends or because of the need, or because of the greater need, it continues on because God has blessed it. We do not know the mind of God, but we know his goodness. And when we step out in faith, faith to do his work that he set aside for us, we never know where it's going to take us. I think this was true back in the 1960s when a United Methodist pastor, the Reverend Glenn Tex Evans, decided to connect the energy of youth with the deep needs of the poor. Tex Evans was the director of the Henderson Settlement in Frakes, Kentucky, from 1953 to 1966. That settlement had been established in 1925 by another Methodist minister named Hiram Frakes, and he established that to address the needs of the poor around Pikeville, Kentucky. It was during this time running the Henderson Settlement that Tex Evans personally witnessed the great need for home repair assistance. I suspect Tex knew hundreds of Jakes. He was immersed in an area that had little in the way of financial resources and had no opportunities to improve. They were truly stuck between a rock and a hard place. In 1969, Tex Evans, having seen the need, stepped out with, with faith in action, recruiting 50 teens and adults to repair homes in Barberville, Kentucky. By the end of the summer, four families had homes to live in that were warmer, safer, and drier. That experience changed the lives of 50 volunteers and four families and was the beginning of what, of what is now a 48-year legacy. Warmer, safer, and drier. The motto of ASP with a philosophy that states, we accept people right where they are, just the way they are. A concept born in 1969 that started with 50 volunteers fixing four homes has grown exponentially such that last year there were over 16,000 volunteers that served 493 families to include building 26 new homes. The economic impact is estimated to be over $15 million. Since 1969, over 400,000 volunteers have helped to repair 18,000 homes. And yet, the need continues. The other statistic that needs to be mentioned is that there were several thousand families this year that could not be served due to lack of money, time, and volunteers. The need is great. The opportunity is there. Is God calling you? This was a question that a bunch of parents with middle school and high school age kids asked back around the turn of the century. Now it was 2000. <clears throat> it was a year that the computers were going to cr crash and the world was going to end. We believed that this church needed a youth-oriented mission effort that would expose ourselves and our kids to people who had significant financial limitations, who had to make decisions between having food and getting their medicine who lived in houses with leaky roofs or any number of other issues that negatively affected the safety and livability of their home. 
This led to a youth and adult trip in 2001 to Mountaintop, which sta stands for Tennessee Outreach, Outreach Project. There were several aspects of the trip that were very rewarding and well done, but there was an obvious impression that the work that was performed was not particularly essential. As a result, a prior church member named John Powell directed us to ASP, an organization that, as a youth, he participated with. In 2002, this church sent its first team to serve with ASP in McDowell County, Kentucky. It was an eventful trip that was found to be quite rewarding and fulfilling. The work we did was truly necessary to make homes warmer, safer, and drier. This was a positive experience that resulted in our church returning year after year to areas of Appalachia that ASP serves. For 15 years, our teams have served in Virginia, West Virginia, North Carolina, Tennessee, and Kentucky. We stay in schools or community centers. We eat cafeteria-style food. We sleep on air mattresses. We work hard in the heat and humidity. And invariably, we turn around a few months later and sign up to do it all over again. And in fact, we pay for it. <clears throat> Why? Well, first and foremost, it's what God expects. As illustrated in the readings from Isaiah, God expects those of us who are able to care for those who need assistance. He expects each of us to use our talents and resources in ways that will lift those in need and in the process glorify God. There are other great reasons as well, and Cindy will uh, tell you about those. So as, Andy, as Andy said, God does call us to serve those who are less fortunate than we are. And when we see our neighbors in need, we are to use our gifts to share with them and help them. And there's something deep within most of us that makes us want to help other people. And ASP... Um, helps to awaken that feeling in our youth and our adults as well. So I have a few questions for you. Um, who here has running water? Or who here doesn't have running water? Um, anybody here use an outhouse or do you have indoor plumbing? Nobody uses an outhouse. What about um, reliable electricity? Are you warm in the winter and cool in the summer? Does the winter wind ever whistle through the walls of your home or through the windows? Does your house stay dry when the rain pours down, with the exception of hurricanes? It's a different category. Or do your windows leak? When you go home, can you walk up your front steps and not worry about tripping and falling? Does the floor in your house have holes in it that you might put your foot through or rotting boards? Do you have access to transportation so that you can get to a job or run errands? Do you have access to medical care, birth control, family planning, all those things, preventative health care? 
Do you and your family have educational opportunities that offer hope for your future? And how often do you have fewer than three meals a day by choice? Not many of us. Have you ever seen a home with open sewage under it? It's not a pretty sight. We've seen homes where the toilet in the bathroom just opens through the floor of the home, just to the ground underneath of it. But most of us have a life of privilege, and most of our youth have all that they want and more than they need. I know that ours did. We generally feel safe, we're dry, and we're warm enough in the winter and cool enough in the summer. So what happens when we are exposed to different lifestyles and, and different cultures? What happens is our eyes are opened to how other people live. And when we see a culture that contrasts so sharply with our own, it can make us question what's important and how we live in this world. It can touch our hearts and help awaken that desire to help others. Our youth and adults see poverty in its rawest forms on these trips. They see homes that are crumbling, dark, damp, moldy, leaking, uninsulated from the elements. They see a lack of opportunity as well. They see why pulling yourself up by your bootstraps might be difficult when you don't have any boots. They have the chance to become personally involved in improving the lives of others as they work on homes and engage with homeowners. They develop empathy and sympathy, um, which are different things, for others as they serve their neighbors in a place that is both strikingly beautiful and completely foreign to their experiences. They learn how to dig ditches, run power tools, measure, measure again, hammer nails, and put roofs on. They learn safety on the work site. They talk with people of different backgrounds, both homeowners and other people who are at the um, center with us who come from different churches. They develop relationships with each other and with the adults mentoring them. They have pride in doing a job well. They are empowered by learning new things. They see a staff at the center setting the example of love, service, happiness, and sacrifice. And there are other things that they learn. They learn how to do chores properly, like cleaning showers, mopping floors, washing dishes, cleaning toilets, all that kind of stuff. So if your teen has been on ASP, don't let them fool you into thinking they don't know how to do that stuff. They just don't know. <laughs> They know how to do it, and if they're on Andy's team, they learn how to do it really well. And in spite of all this dirty work, these kids come back year after year. Some of them even come back after they're out of high school and they can be adults on the teams. They keep coming back. So something's working right there. Um, and I want to tell you a story about one of our youth who lives in Houston. We just found out about this. She, um, it's Kat Cogshell, Dargan's daughter. She's been coming on ASP for several years now. And she is using the skills that she learned on her trips to ASP 
to help repair homes in Houston with some other high school students. And that's just a great example of how the ripple can continue. Let me tell you a few things about what some youth have said about the trips. One youth said, going every year reminds me of how truly blessed I am to have the things I do. The people we help have very little, yet they are rich in love and are proud of what they do have. It seems that sometimes it's the people who have the least are the ones who give the most. I have found that through the service of others, I have found happiness. Seeing that just the little that we do every year is helping make the life of someone else better is truly amazing. And then he said, it might be a little sappy, but it's all true. Um, some other quotes are, it's, it's extremely rewarding to be able to connect with the family your team is helping. It's a big commitment, but definitely worth the effort to help people in need. Also, the snacks are great. You will make dozens of memories on ASP. Don't leave your toolbox out in the rain. That one's important. Join ASP. You'll get to have ice cream each night with friends from our church. Um, and I've got two short letters, thank you notes, that I want to read to you. One is from the staff uh, at the, at Han in Hancock County where we were this past summer. Dear Charlottesville First United Methodist Church, thank you so much for an awesome week with us in Hancock. We really enjoyed your group. You made our jobs easier. Not only did you make homes warmer, safer, and drier for some very deserving families, you also built relationships that will outlast the, con the construction. We hope you continue to serve with us and come back next year. We love you. Maddie, Jake, Rose, and Kat. And this thank you note is from a homeowner and her three kids. This is just a little note to let you all know how very amazing we think you are. It takes an awesome amount of generosity to sit in the scorching sun on a tin roof. This kind of thing reminds me that God sends his blessings in many forms. I pray, I pray you are all blessed for your kindness. And one of the kids wrote, thank you so much. I hope you have a safe trip home. And there's a couple pictures of cars. Thank you so much for fixing the roof. And you made all the spiders mad. I found two big ones on me. <laughs> thank you. Thanks, hope you have a good trip. So, what Andy forgot to mention when he spoke was that the people that got together in 2001 and 2002 and organized these trips, many of them are grandparents now. We're moving into the geriatric phase. Um, so, you can help. I'll tell you who can go on this trip next year. Anyone age 14 and up who can sleep on an air mattress in a room that might not be air conditioned. You can go whether you know anything about construction. I didn't know anything the first year I went in 2002, nothing. I could hammer a nail and I could use a screwdriver. But other than that, I was pretty clueless. But there were some good teachers that year, including Dave Wheatley, um, who were very patient with people like me and we will be patient with anybody who comes. Um, I also uh, kind of amazed some teenage boys who weren't really sure a woman could do, you know, run power tools and do some of this other stuff. And they're trying to teach me while they're on a ladder 
leaning over like this to screw something in because they didn't want to move the ladder. <laughs> but they could tell me how to do things. So can you hold a ladder? That's a really important job. You don't have to go up the ladder, but holding the ladder when somebody's on it is really important. Can you use a paintbrush? Can you talk to somebody who might be lonely? Can you pick up trash? Your kids can. Do you enjoy being around young people? We can use your gifts on this next trip in 2018. There will be a sign-up sheet in the gathering space if you are interested. Our deadline for sign-up is October 15th, I believe. That's when we have to let the team down there know that we are going to be participating and who's coming. And finally, and maybe, maybe most importantly, thank you for the letters you've written to our youth, encouraging them while we're gone. Um, it's, it's really fun to be able to hand out letters every morning at breakfast that you have sent down there. Thank you for your contributions financially through the special offerings that we have throughout the year. The, the ASP staff was almost in tears when we took the check and gave it to them, the, the check that came from all of you in $3,400. That goes so they can help they can um, purchase supplies for the homes that they're working on. So thank you for that. We have truly appreciated your financial and spiritual support over the years, and we hope that you'll continue to allow us to take your youth on this trip. Thank you.